Come on, somebody. Yeah. I like that. How you guys doing? Man, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Although I see you guys every Friday for the past 96 Fridays since 2016. But I love you guys, man. It's ex I'm excited to be here. Um, question, how many of you guys believe in the Holy Ghost? All right. So the title of tonight's sermon is called Overflow. Yeah. And I know you've never heard this title sermon before. You've never heard that, right? So if you have your Bible, how many of you guys brought your Bibles tonight? Your physical Bibles. How about your electronic Bibles? Wave them in the air so I can see them. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go real quick to the book of Acts, chapter 1. If you don't know where Acts is, Acts is right after the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Page 909. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read. And it says, verse 8, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I want to give you a little bit of context of what's going on right now in the story. The book of Acts itself takes place right after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. You know, he resurrected. And the Bible says that. After he resurrected, he made about 500 appearances to different people for over a period of 40 days to just show them convincing proofs that he was still alive. So before ascending back to heaven with the Father, Jesus met with his disciples in this mountain called the Mountain of Olives to remind them about the promise of the Holy Ghost. And if you read the Gospels, Jesus was constantly reminding the disciples, listen, I got to go. Don't get used to me because I'm going back to the Father, but the one that I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you another comforter, the one who's going to teach you all things, the one who's going to guide you to all truth, and the one who's going to be with you until the ends of the earth, and he's going to come and empower you to be witnesses all over the world. And then, so we have the disciples in the mountain of olives they received the promise. I imagine them so excited, like, oh, my God, the Holy Ghost. So they ran all the way to Jerusalem to the upper room. And then in Acts 2, verse 1, throw it, up, uh, throw it up, we see this promise come to happen. So let's go ahead and read Acts 2, verse 1. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, do you guys know what the Pentecost is? The Jewish celebration annual Pass. There we go. They were in one place. You know, it saves me. It saves time, you know. Suddenly, a sound. Somebody say, a sound. Like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Kind of like it happens here on Friday nights. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So let's go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share the word with my house, my people. I just pray, Father God, that you remove me 
that it's less of me and more of you tonight that you fill me up to speak this word, God, because I believe, Holy Spirit, you have something to tell us tonight, and I include myself in the boat. We're all in this together, Father God. So I just pray, Holy Ghost, that you do what you know how to do best. You're a far better speaker than I am. And I just pray that this message, God, and it stirs something in our hearts to do more. In the name of Jesus, I pray and we all say amen and amen. All right. So the first point of tonight's message is called the upper room. And I know you probably are asking yourself, what the heck is the upper room? Listen to this. This is deep. Take notes. <laughs> the upper room was a room on top of another one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That was deep. I'm just kidding. Listen, the upper room. The upper room was a place of gathering. Kind of like this room we see here. Where the disciples, they gathered. The Bible says that they joined in prayer. And then this is the place where God poured out his spirit on all flesh for the first time. So the first revival in the history of the world, the Bible, it's here in the upper room. And I don't know, I can just, when I read the Bible, I'm not the type of person that, that, that I just read and I read. I'm the type of person that I throw myself in the Bible. I become part of the story. So if you ask me, I was there with the disciples. The moment they received the promise, when Jesus said, listen, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. I was, let's do this. Man, I can just imagine the, the, the level of expectation that the disciples had on their way to the upper room. I bet that they were saying, listen, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know that God is going to do something crazy. Something that we've never seen in the history of the world, but I'm going to be there. And it's kind of like the same expectation and excitement we get when we come here on Fridays. You know, we don't just come here saying it's going to be another service, but we come here and we come inside the room with an expectation that the minute that we step into the room, that God is going to do something amazing, that God is going to move, that the Holy Spirit is going to move and break chains, our people are going to get saved, people are going to come to Jesus, all that good stuff. So when I read the story and I look at this upper room, this upper room is the church. This upper room is, is where God pours his spirit on us. This room is the room where God speaks, where the promises happen. The upper room is the place where salvation happens. It's amazing. So the disciples, they're on their way to the upper room. And like I said, I imagine their excitement. But listen to this. Take notes. I'm, I want to teach you something tonight, right? I just preach, but I want to teach you something. Before the disciples went up the room to receive, you know, the Holy Ghost and all that good stuff, they separated themselves. They separated themselves from the crowds, from all the noise, the toxicness, the shenanigans, the hoodlumness. They separated themselves from gossip, from social media. They put Twitter away. They put MySpace away. They put Facebook, Snapchat, you know, all that, all that stuff. They put it away. They had to consecrate themselves. They had to consecrate themselves in prayer and devote themselves to God. And they were praying. The Bible says that they were together in one body, one accord, one harmony. And then that's when the promise happened. That's, 
when the Holy Spirit then came up on the room and flipped the room upside down. I don't know what happened in there, but I, I can just imagine that Holy Ghost party going on. And I believe that the moment that the Holy Spirit entered these men, they were changed completely. I believe that when the Spirit came upon these men, that they started talking more like Jesus. They started acting more like Jesus. They started to walk like Christ and even think like he did. Amen. So I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's like it's Jesus Christ himself overflowing from the inside out. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we start talking more like him, walking more like Jesus, thinking like he did. And we even do the things that he did. It's crazy. It's phenomenal. Like when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, there has to be a change. There has to be, there has to be a physical manifestation or there has to be some type of evidence that you've, been, that you've received the Holy Spirit. And you know, uh, a lot of Pentecostals say, uh, if you don't speak tongues, you don't have to. No, I don't believe that the evidence of the Holy Spirit is just tongues. Because I know people that have the Holy Ghost and they speak absolutely no other language. I believe that the true evidence of the Holy Spirit is the fruits of the Spirit. Love, kindness, patience, all that, all that stuff. Read the Bible. It's in Galatians 5.22. So the Holy Ghost came and filled up the disciples. And they had a party going on. I imagine them running all over the room, speaking tongues. This person lay hands on this person. That per person falls down. Then he gets up. Then he prays for this guy in tongues. And this guy prophesies uh, that, whole, you know, that whole mess. Man, this was a, a revival, bro. This was a moment that marked the history. Thanks to this moment in Book of Acts chapter 2, thanks to that moment, thanks to that, the church was born. This was the, the, the beginning, the birth of the church. That moment in the started everything that we see here. But, however, listen, however, it didn't stop there. It didn't stay there. What happened in the upper room didn't stay in the upper room. It had to come down. Man. Because, uh, you know what, ha what they say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in the upper room, man, it can't stay there. It has to come down. Come on, somebody. And um, imagine if they would have stayed up there. We would have probably never known about the Holy Spirit. We would have probably never had the book of Acts or the whole New Testament. Because Apostle Paul, who wrote the basically two-thirds of the New Testament, was saved in this time. So if it wasn't for these people that came down, Paul would have never been saved. We would have never had the book of Acts, the book of Thessalonians, Corinthians, Apostolians, all those books. I know you guys have probably heard the saying that what goes up has to come down. So listen, the Holy Spirit of God didn't just fill up the disciples. The Holy Spirit of God didn't just baptize them with power, gave them what he gave them for them, for them to stay there and not do something else. I believe that this moment was given to them for a purpose, not just for them to stay there and be like, oh, no. What goes up has to come down, church. 
Tell the person next to you, it has to calm down. There's a, there's a story in the book of Matthew, chapter 17, where we see the three disciples, Peter, James, and John. The Bible says that they went up into the mountain, right? They had a moment with Jesus uh, in the mountain. Jesus revealed a greater part of, him, of himself that nobody had ever seen. The Bible says that his face was shining like the sun. His clothes were as white as snow. So these disciples had a moment with Jesus up there that they've never seen or experienced in their whole lives. But however, they didn't stay there. They had to come down. What happened in the mountain couldn't stay on the mountain. It had to come down because down there, the other disciples were waiting for them to tell, to say, to show what they saw up there. It has to come down. Moses came down. Book of Exodus, chapter 30. Moses, what did he do? He went up into the mountain. He had a moment in God's glory, right? He saw the book of Genesis, like a movie. By the way, teach you something. Moses is the author of Genesis. So Moses went up there. He had a moment in God's glory. He saw the very back of God himself. But however, God told him, listen, you can't stay here. Because down there, the people of Israel are waiting to hear what I told you. But now imagine if Moses would have stayed up there in God's glory. The people of Israel would have never re received the Ten Commandments. The people of Israel would have probably been a whole mess if Moses didn't say, I have to come down. Because people down there are waiting to hear what God showed me. Zacchaeus had to come down. We spoke about Zacchaeus a couple of weeks ago. So here's the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had to go up into the tree, right, to see Jesus Christ. But however, Jesus told him, listen, bro, you got to come down. Because I have to have a meal. I have to have food with you at your house. But imagine if Zacchaeus would have stayed in the tree. He would have missed the moment with Jesus. He would have missed, he would have missed salvation. His household would have missed salvation. Imagine if Jesus tells you, bro, come down. And you're like, no, it feels good up here. And Jesus is like, you have to come down. It feels good up in here, Jesus. Just miss the moment with Jesus, man. It sucks. But listen to this. Take notes. It's about to go down. Even Jesus had to come down. Even Jesus had to come down. Listen, even, even Jesus had to come down. And listen, he was sitting in his throne. He was happy. He had the whole body of heaven worshiping him, saying, holy, holy, holy God, I love you. I bet the 24, you know, the 24 elders, you know, throwing their crowns at Jesus. But he couldn't stay up there, man. Even Jesus said, listen, man, this feels good. What's happening up here, it feels amazing. But I have to go down. Because there's people down there crying out for a savior. 
There's people down there crying out for grace. There's a mess going on down there, and I have to go because they're crying out for salvation. But imagine if Jesus would have stayed up there. Now, yeah, that would have been crazy. We would have never had salvation. If Jesus would have stayed up there comfortable, we would have never had grace or forgiveness. We would have never had a relationship with God. We would have never had the Holy Spirit if Jesus would have stayed comfortable where he was at. We would have never had a relationship. We, we would have never had access to the presence of God. We would have probably still been worshiping a veil. But he said, listen, I have to go down there. Because what happens here can't stay here. We couldn't go up there. But Jesus says, listen, I'm going to bring heaven down to you. And what I'm trying to say, church... What I'm trying to tell you is that what God showed you up there, what God revealed to you up there, whatever he showed you up there can't stay there. It has to come down. Whatever God did here, whatever God showed you here has to go out there. It can't stay here, church. We can't stay here receiving every Friday and every Sunday and we hear Pastor John preaching and we hear Pastor Gabby preaching on a Sunday and then we stay with what we have. Listen, there's people out there waiting for you. There's people out there waiting to hear what God did in your life. There's people waiting for you guys. God has poured something inside of you. God put something inside of you here for you to go out there and show and give hearts manifest the gift the passions that God placed inside of you it's time to pour out church it's time to pour it out there's gifts right there's passions that the moment you came to Christ the moment you received the Holy the Holy Spirit the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to indwell inside of you. And it's no longer you, but it's the God that lives inside of you. It's amazing. It's amazing. But when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, there's passions, there's gifts, there's talents. He had to stir up something in your heart. Something gave birth inside of you when God came inside. But we can't stay with that. We can't stay because then we become spiritual. My friend says uh, we become spiritual fat, spiritually fat Christians. We receive from God, right? God pours in and we receive and then we're getting fat and we're getting fat. And we're not pouring out what God gave you. How pathetic would have been of the disciples if they would have stayed up there and not manifest. You know, that's selfish. No, you got to give by grace what by grace has been given unto you. Listen, God gave you salvation up there. But salvation is not just for you. God gave you healing up there, right? But healing is not just for you. God gave you a promise up there in the mountain, right? God gave you a promise in the upper room. But however, those promises are not just for you. Sometimes what God gives us is not only to bless us individually, right? 
is not only to benefit you individually, but it's for the purpose of impacting those who are around you. Come on, man. What God gave you, what God poured inside of you, it's not for us to keep. It's for us to let it overflow. I don't know. Some of you, probably God gave you a talent. I don't know, to sing. God gave you a talent or a gift to speak to people. Listen, don't stay with that. If God gave you a talent to dance, use that for the glory of God. Stop waiting for a pulpit to, you know, impact people. Come on, somebody. Pulpits to tell the people what God did inside of you. Stop waiting for an altar to just show off the gifts that God has placed in you. Listen, there's people around you. The moment you step out of church, you're going to find somebody, I don't know, Target, Walmart. There's somebody at school that needs to hear what God did in your life. There's people at home that have to hear what God has done in your life. And I know that's the hardest thing. Because, for example, me, I'm the only person saving the family. It's like the hardest thing. To preach to, you know, a family. And the Bible says, you know, a person is rejected even at his house. That's why Jesus couldn't perform many miracles and signs and wonders at Nazareth. It's crazy. But that can't stop me, bro. You got you to gotta do it. You got to pour it out. You got to overflow what God placed inside of you. Man, it's time to overflow, church. It's time to let all those things inside of you overflow and come out. It's time to overflow. I'm going to ask stagehands to come here real quick. I love these guys. They're amazing. So God, so you came into the upper room. You had an encounter with God. God poured something in you. God poured something in you. Now you came down the upper room. Now it's overflowing. Your family is receiving out of what God gave you. Your friends are receiving. Their cups are being filled. Your family is receiving the God that lives inside of you. Throw a little bit more to this side. Those are my friends. My friends are receiving. My drug addict friends from school are receiving. And it's overflowing. And now your community is receiving what God poured inside of you. Come on. Ah. It started with you. Look. And it's overflowing. And everybody else around you is receiving out of the God that lives inside of you. Your friends are getting saved this year. Your family is coming to Christ this year. The whole community is going to see what God has done in you. Whew. Let me explain something. Put the, yeah, yeah. Wow. You can stay up if you want. You can leave that. You can leave it there real quick. So that's exactly what Christianity is not about. When you have that mentality of I have to, I have to do it, I'm the one that's going to do it, you're doing this to yourself. 
like, oh, but what's going on, man? I don't feel the Holy Ghost. But when you come to the realization and the understanding that it's not about what you could do, but it's about what the God inside of you could do. Come on, come on, come on. Pour that out. Come on, pour it out. Pour it out. Yes, overflow. Then you don't have to worry about, oh, let me go to Target and see if I can pray for somebody, dude. When you walk in the overflow, that person is going to come to you. Because they're going to see something in you, right? Coming out of you. And they're like, I don't know what you have, but listen, I want that. And then you can do the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to ask the worship team to Listen, church, listen. This is what the Holy Spirit wanted the church to look like. Book of Acts. That's how the church started. That's how the lost came back home. That's when the people out there heard about Jesus overflowing. That's how people received healing. And that's how people came to the foot of the cross. But it has to start with somebody. We have to let it overflow. We can't stay comfortable just receiving and receiving and receiving and not pouring out and letting overflow what God poured inside of you. And now that this, the, the school semester is about to start, Pastor John talked about just making that your, ba you know, that's your battlefield, your mission field. And we have to become the people, church, that live a life full of the Holy Ghost, a life full of the Holy Spirit of God, so that the moment you step into your school, you don't even have to worry about, oh, I have to tell the person next to me about Jesus. They're going to see that Jesus inside of you come out. They're going to let them know, listen, I know a guy named Jesus, saved my life, died on the cross for my sins, resurrected, went up, his spirit came down, now the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and he wants to live inside of you, so come to new birth, you know, get saved. But what I'm trying to say, church, is that don't stay comfortable just being here. Church is amazing. But the Holy Spirit wants to take the church. We're the church. Pastor said it. The church is not the building. The church is us. We have to take the church and let it overflow in our community, in our house, in our school, at Target, at Walmart. Wherever it is that we go, we let the Holy Spirit come out of you. And even before you know it, it's going to impact the world. It's going to impact those around you. You want your family to get saved? Start to overflow. Don't just overflow. Let's stand up on our feet tonight, church. So, who wants to overflow? Who wants to overflow? Come on, man. I want to overflow. Woo! But I believe that overflowing starts by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It starts having a relationship with Jesus 
Christ. The Bible says that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Galatians 2.20. We have to stop being so afraid of the world, church. We have to stop being so afraid of people. Because listen, greater is the one that lives inside of you than the one that lives in the world. And some of you are probably saying, but bro, I'm not called. I don't have a calling to be, a, I don't know, a pastor, an evangelist, a preacher, a prophet. This is, you don't have to have a calling. The Bible said, Jesus said, Jesus said, and these signs shall follow for all those who believe. Jesus never said, listen, these signs will follow for all those who are called to be pastors. No, he said for all those who believe. And Jesus said, listen, greater things that I did, you will do if you believe in me and my name. The same spirit that lifted Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives inside of us, church.